Welcome to the Hillside Church Denver podcast, the home for content from Hillside Church in Denver, Colorado. Hillside exists to help people belong to Jesus people, believe in Jesus, and become like Jesus. And we hope that what you hear today does just that. Go to hillsidedenver.org for more information about this community of Jesus followers. And if you're in the Denver area, we would love to welcome you in one Sunday morning. But for now, on to the pod. Verses 1 through 7. The mighty one, God the Lord, speaks. He summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. From Zion, the perfection of beauty, God appears in radiance. Our God is coming. He will not be silent. Devouring fire precedes him, and a storm rages around him. On high, he summons heavens and earth in order to judge his people. Gather my faithful ones to me, those who made a covenant with me by sacrifice. The heavens proclaim his righteousness, for God is the judge. Listen, my people, and I will speak. I will testify against you, Israel. I am God, your God. The word of the Lord. Thank you, Jerry. Amen. Good morning, church. Amen. We thank God for certainly just another opportunity to be gathered together as in his presence, certainly excited about what he's doing in our lives. Um, Want to say uh, also, for your knowledge, happy anniversary to my wife. Amen. It was Friday. She chose um, the date of our wedding to be close to my birthday, and so she don't have to get one gift. So we, we thank God, amen. She is a blessing in my life, the jelly on my biscuit. And we thank God for you, amen. 43, I say, she says 33. But I had to chase her for 10 years, so. <laughs> so I count those first 10. Amen, you've heard in your reading from the book of Psalm, <clears throat> there are a lot of things going on in the world today, and, and, and we see all of the madness, all of the craziness that is taking place. And the one thing that we sometimes neglect is to listen to God. So today, we just want to talk about briefly, and just use as a subject, put a tag on the text that Terry read, and just talk about, and now... A word from our sponsor. So have you ever watched your favorite television program only to have it interrupted by a commercial? And those commercials usually come when they're getting ready to tell you who did it or catch the person who did it or you're getting ready to find out some really good information and then all of a sudden there is a commercial. Well, in the late 60s, some of you may remember this, uh, Alfred Hitchcock was known for interrupting his programs with the words, and now a word from our sponsor. And like it or not, there had to be a break because the sponsor had to have a word. And while some folks would listen to the sponsor's message, others would 
take it as a convenient time to run off to the refrigerator and get a glass of water or run to the restroom. And to get us to listen, however, to the words of our sponsors, advertising agencies would go to the extremes. They use everything from little talking frogs to a little energizer bunny and everything in between just to get our attention. And it's extremely difficult for us to hear a word from the sponsor despite the fact that the average television viewer is exposed to over 500 commercials per day. That amounts to over 182,500 selling messages per year. Two million commercial words that we hear from the time that we're in grade school to we graduate from high school. And what's amazing about the message of the sponsors generally is brevity. Most commercials are between 30 and 60 seconds, and they rely on repetition to get their word across. So thus, the same commercial might appear more than once in the same time block. And of late, I don't watch a lot of television. Actually, my favorite show is, well, probably Swamp People and Duck Dynasty, but... <laughs> I also love the Weather Channel, but the things that they show are repeated visibly and audibly throughout this commercial time. And the sponsor will use a variety of techniques to try to get your attention. Slogans like, you're in good hands with Allstate, or like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They even use the Budweiser Clydesdales and other creatures to try to get our attention. And if the, if the viewer enjoys that commercial but can't remember the sponsor, then the sponsor has failed in his attempt to get your attention. Unfortunately, God has to compete for advertising time to get a word to us. When he wants to speak to us, he, he often finds that others have bought up all of the messages in the program called Our Life. So he puts his message on a religious or faith channel, but even then it has to compete with the world. And so it goes unheard because of all of the bombardment that we're getting in our lives on a daily basis. So sometimes God has to do like Alfred Hitchcock, and he thrust himself into the middle of our life's programs, and uh, an unexpected circumstance arises, and God simply says, and now a word from our sponsor. You see, as believers, we've come to know that we need to hear from the Lord. We need to hear him daily for inspiration and we need to hear him for correction and instruction and we need to hear him for comfort and hope. We allow God to speak into our lives because we recognize that without the sponsor there is no program. In, in him we live and move and have our very being. 
He is the sponsor of our souls, and enriching his life is his product. So our text focuses on God telling Israel to listen to his words as he gives encouragement and reassurance and reprimand. And the collective national life of Israel was very similar to that of individuals today. There were times in Israel's national life that they were prosperous and did extremely well, like most of you out here. Often, though, in their prosperity, the people would not listen to God, and they found little time for worship. And in difficult times, they would turn to the methods and techniques of all of the people around them, often ignoring the one true God as they began to worship idols. And we see that a lot in our lives. Some people may have an idol of work. You may have an idol of your children. You may even have an idol of your spouse. Anything that replaces God in the preeminent place in your life is the idol that you are bowing down to. There were long periods when people would not hear from the prophets and they ignored the place of God in their lives. And strangely, they did this while continuing to carry out the most, uh, carry out most of the rituals that they had performed kind of mechanically and robotically. I I see folks all over. I thank God for the opportunity. I get to travel a lot. I don't like travel, but I get to travel a lot around the state particularly and sometimes across the country. And you see the robotic movements of people. I've been in churches all over this country, and they do the same thing at the same exact time every Sunday. I've been to mosques and temples and synagogues, and everybody is doing the same thing. They, They haven't allowed for the move of the Spirit of God to come in and bring a freshness to what's going on in the situations. Folks made sacrifices, and they participated in rituals, and came to the right places on the Sabbath days, yet they were not keeping the vows that they had made privately to God. They wouldn't pay attention to God's messenger, so God interrupted their prosperity and brought them a word firsthand. And as we see all of the events that are happening all over the world, some you know about and some you don't, one way that we have to understand Psalm 50 is to study it from the context of God interrupting the national chains of event with an attention-grabbing moment such as that is described in verses 2 and 3 that Terry read. The second way is to see God interrupting the flow of our individual lives with an attention-grabbing moment that speaks to us individually. But then we have to begin to think, what is the message that God wanted Israel to hear then and wants us to hear now? You see, then he told Israel and even common, uh, current believers by comparison that he is aware that everyone has, has adhered to the requirements of the Mosaic law. He said he understood and appreciated all of the sacrifices that had been made. But he wanted folks to know that the glory is not in simply practicing ritual sacrifice. 
but in sacrificial living and living with an attitude of gratitude. I, I see a lot of times we, we live, but we have no gratitude in that living. Uh, my friend was just telling me, she said, well, you didn't tell me it was your birthday today. And I said, well, when you get as old as I am, it's just another day. But Gina said, no. She said, if you've ever gone through and experienced some life-altering, life-threatening situations, then you began to appreciate birthdays. And I told her, thank you, right in the back of the chair. I said, thank you, because I never looked at it like that. One of the things, and I see how God moves, she and I actually met at the prayer vigil for Israel on the 9th of October, and we ended up just sitting next to each other. We were at Emmanuel Synagogue and, and just praying for Israel, and she blessed me and touched me just by her presence and allowed me to think more wholeheartedly about what it is that God is doing in the lives of his people. So from verses 7 to 13, God says he doesn't really need the sacrifices of people. As a matter of fact, in verse 12 in that same uh, chapter, God said, if I were hungry, I wouldn't even tell you. He said, because the only thing you could give me is what I've already given unto you. And we have to get to the place where we begin to return unto God all of the things that he has given to us. The point I believe that God wanted to make is embedded in verses 14 and 15. And if we want to please God, we must offer him continuous thanks and praise and keep our vows to him. You see, when we're in trouble, we glorify God when we allow him to deliver us. He, he is glorified through that deliverance. Uh, God demands our heart. How can human inventions please him when repentance and faith and holiness are neglected? In the day of distress, we must apply to the Lord by fervent prayer. Our troubles, though we see them coming must drive us to God and not from God. When things are going left in your life, you need to run as quick as you can to God. But there was also an, a word for unbelievers too. God is not pleased. Verse 23 makes it plain that those who praise God best glorify him by ordering their lives aright to receive the full benefit of God's salvation. Today, every true believer acknowledges that they live sponsored lives. I tell people all the time, I'm a kept man. I don't have a problem being kept. You know how that used to be a derogatory term. They'd say, oh, she's kept. This woman is kept. I'm kept. And I'm happy about it. I'm kept by the grace and love and beauty of God. Paul, when he was speaking to the philosophers of Athens as they pondered the unknown God, tried to help them understand that our God is not distant, but personal and responsive. In Acts 17, 28, Paul said, for in him we live and move and have our very being. So God acts as our sponsor in three ways. And if you're interested, 
I'll drop this off my little red wagon, and then we'll be ready to go. First, God mentors us. A mentor is a person who teaches us what we know, then uses his or her influence to create opportunities for us to advance. A mentor takes us under his tutorship and shows us the ropes of life's walk and point out the pitfalls and help us to avoid all of the dangers. I used to tell my son, Jonathan, when he was young, I say, son, you're going to make mistakes in life. But if you're going to walk down the path that you saw me walking that was wrong, at least walk on the other side of the street so you don't break your ankle in the same hole I fell in. That's what a mentor will do. They will attempt to guide us away from the dangers while allowing us to grow and mature in what it is that the Lord has for us. Those without a mentor find it more difficult to succeed. Elijah and Elijah are the perfect example of a mentor-mentee relationship. Elijah walked with Elijah constantly. He observed and learned from the old prophet. And when Elijah prepared to go home to glory riding on a fiery chariot, Elijah asked for a double portion of gifts and the mantle fell upon him. You also have to understand that Elijah was the first Skywalker. Y'all get that tomorrow. The beauty of that relationship was simply that God had entrusted the power and all of the information that he had given to Elijah to Elijah because he hung out with him. Enoch walked with God forever, and the Bible tells us that he was a was not because he had been translated. And so we need to understand that God is working on us. He wants something different for us. Then the second thing is God cosigns for us. Those who are young and unable to stand for themselves often need a cosigner. They go in to buy a house or a car or whatever, and their credit scores and finances don't quite meet up to the standards that the banks are asking for. So somebody has to sign their good name and guarantee that this person is going to pay for it. So you put, as a cosigner, all of your stuff on the line, hoping that they do what they're supposed to do. Well, God cosigns for us in that he is the one who puts everything on the line in the person of Jesus the Christ and then simply asks us to be faithful. Spiritually, Jesus tells every believer that if we lose ourselves in his will, that he will co-sign the needs of our lives. John 14, 13 and 14 puts us this way. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And then thirdly, God underwrites us. An underwriter is a person who takes care of all of our expenses. The underwriter is the provider or the producer. So when we see God as our provider, we understand why Abraham described him as Jehovah Jireh, because he found out that God, in fact, does provide. 
Believers across the centuries have learned that God does sponsor and underwrite the needs of his people. David wrote in Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Well, the word sponsor could easily replace the word shepherd there because God provides clarity for everything if we are in tune to him. So when we combine the preponderance of scripture teaches that God is truly the underwriter of life's experiences. He makes us, his words make the songwriter go even more. And the song is simple. It says, without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, my life would be drifting like a ship without a sail. I, I wish I could sing. I would have sung that part. And then finally, brothers and sisters, we must remember that since we all live sponsored lives, every now and then we need to hear a word from the sponsor. If somebody is taking care of me in every aspect of my life, then I need to hear what that person is saying to me. Only the foolish believe that they can ignore their sponsors and still enjoy the same level of sponsorship. We can go, let's, uh, we'll just use Lance Armstrong just for a moment. You know, remember he rode bikes and all of that stuff. He had a multiplicity of sponsors. But then he began to do things that made the sponsors look bad. And they began to drop him as one of those folks on his team. Now, I'm not saying God is going to drop us from his team. What I'm saying is that that's an example of how things work in the world. So we need to understand that our sponsor simply wants us to pray and praise and worship. That's really all it is. It's a foolish employee who feels that he can enjoy a decent salary but then skip staff meetings. A foolish employee believes he can enjoy a good salary and multiple days of PTO but then doesn't follow the instructions of the employer. Some folks would rather go fishing or lay back in their home. It's foolish because it's the sponsor that provides the income to pay the note on both the boat and the house. How do you think then God plays into us, plays into this for us? I know a lot of us say, well, my work doesn't involve God. My work has nothing to do with what God is doing. But you've missed the point. If God didn't give you the physical health and the mental health and the mental acumen to go to that work, then you wouldn't have that house and that Maybach you're driving or whatever kind of cars you got going on out there. We have to understand that God is present in every aspect of our lives and we have to acknowledge him in that sense. There are many folks who need to be careful in this because it's not nice to ignore the sponsor. 
when we put our fingers in our ears and tell God that we don't want to hear it, when we say to God, well, man, you're interrupting the program, it's not nice to fool and play with the sponsor. Sometimes God interrupts our program to give us a word that provides direction. Jonah didn't want to hear from the Lord and didn't want to hear that word and only heard it after he spent three days in the belly of a great fish. Sometimes God interrupts us to give a word of encouragement. That's what the disciples found out one night as they were wrestling with empty nets. Jesus came walking on the water and he said, be not afraid, it is I. In the midst of our troubles, the word from God is, be not afraid. Sometimes God interrupts the mourning and grief of our loved ones to bring us a word. In Psalm 121, the word says that I will lift up mine eyes unto the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Sometimes God interrupts us as we feel sorry about our empty barrels and gives us a word. It's the same word that he gave the widow woman one day when she trusted in the Lord and she kept going to the barrel. She understood that he would provide. There are times that we have to exercise our faith. I remember a little story. I'm almost done. I know we're past the 23 minutes we normally go. There, we have to exercise our faith. And in this little story, there was a group of folks, and they had been praying for rain and praying for rain and praying for rain. And so they decided to get together and have a big prayer circle so they could all pray for rain. And everybody showed up for this prayer group, but only one kid brought an umbrella. That's the kind of faith you have to have. If you are praying and believing, bring your umbrella. Because God wants us to know that everything is going to be all right. John says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Today, brothers and sisters, there's a word from our sponsor. The word from our sponsor brings peace in the midst of confusion. Our sponsor brings confidence in the midst of doubt. He brings joy in the midst of sadness. But then one day the word took up an old rugged cross and walked up that Golgotha road and carried this cross. And as he died on that cross for you and I, he simply said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And the understanding is that Jesus died for our sins. But early one Sunday morning, bright early, he got up with all power in his hands. Now, I had to look up that word all. I told you all, uh, you know, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. My kids tell me I'm not in the drawer half the time anyway. But I had to look up that word all. And in the Webster Collegiate Dictionary, the word all means all. 
It means all encompassing. There's nothing left. And so if he got up with all power in his hands, we need to simply rely on him to keep us in that place that he would have us. As we prepare this morning for our communion service, we need to think about all of the things that the Lord has done in our lives. Biblical record tells us during the time of communion that Jesus took the bread and he broke it and he gave thanks and he said, take, eat. This is my body broken for you. And then in the same manner, he took the cup, the wine, the New Testament in his blood, and he said, take it and drink. For we will not do this again together until we come into my Father's kingdom. Today is the opportunity for us to begin to listening, listen to the sponsor of our lives. So as we invite you to share in our communion, as we invite you to prepare your hearts and souls for whatever it is that the Lord is giving unto you and telling you to do, we invite you to come.